Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I have today Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, Chap Oscar Smith, and we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one radio show. You might be wondering why this is so. Memorable quotes, life lessons, and so much more. The Coach's Corner will make you soar. All outstanding guests that we love to feature, you will find the show to be the best teacher. Great authors like Ted Siuba and Bernie Siegel, awesome leaders that soar like an eagle. Beverly Nadler with Here's to Your Health, home business opportunities to increase your wealth. Kurt's impersonation and improvisation add to the show's transformation. Broadcasting live across America and around the globe with timely topics and issues to probe. The chat room is always fun. We see your comments and appreciate each one. Want to change your life? Change your approach. And hire me, Coach Joyce, to be your life coach. Folks, we have a a show that's very profound today. Hopefully it will make you think, and it will make you think about is there a role you can play, anti-Semitism on the rise. The Jewish community in the U.S. experienced near-historic levels of anti-Semitism in 2018, including a doubling of anti-Semitic assaults and the single deadliest attack against the Jewish community in American history, according to new data from the ADL, that is the Anti-Defamation League. Their audit of incidents recorded a total of 1,879 attacks against Jews and Jewish institutions across the country in 2018, the third highest year on record since ADL started tracking such data in the 70s. According uh, uh, to Europe reports out of there, anti-Semitism is rising sharply across Europe. Experts have said, as France reported, a 74% increase in the number of offenses against Jews last year. And Germany said the number of violent anti-Semitic attacks has surged by more than 60%. The figures confirm the results of three recent Europe-wide surveys surveys showing Jewish people feel at greater risk and are experiencing markedly more aggression amid a generalized increase in racist hate speech and violence in a significantly coarser, more polarized political environment. Folks, today is for 
you to really realize that anti-Semitism is not just a Jewish problem. It is everyone's problem. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Today we hear from the esteemed Rabbi Joseph Potasnik and all-powerful Chap Oscar Smith. We will talk about the horrific rise of anti-Semitism across America and Europe, what can be done to stop the hatred and stop it now? Starting with Rabbi Joseph, the Executive Vice President of the New York Board of Rabbis. Welcome to the show, Rabbi. Joyce, thank you, and not only for today, but thank you for all you do in reminding us of our moral responsibility to one another. I think all of us have to ask the question, are we doing everything possible uh, to combat this challenge. There is a biblical reference. Uh, you find that when a body was found, a person was found dead in the community, the elders of the community came together and took an oath and said, we take an oath stating we did everything we could to prevent this from happening. If the person died of malnutrition, for example, we did everything we could to make sure that there was no hunger issue. If the person died of murder, we did everything we could to maintain safety. So I think all of us need to examine who we are and who we need to be and ask that painful question, are we doing everything that uh, we can do to diminish uh, the hatred that seems to be rising in our midst? And I will say this, the fact that you have uh, Chaplain Oscar Smith on and myself on, two people of different backgrounds and beliefs who are ready to stand together uh, to say, this is our problem. This is our issue. This is not just a Jewish issue, because we've said many times, what starts with the Jews doesn't stop with the Jews. So I think all of us uh, really uh, need to develop strong coalitions. People often ask me, so what can we do? Well, I can tell you this. There are people out there who are ready to hurt us, so we need to uh, come up with a stronger army of those who are ready to help us, and that's what we are doing. We are standing with our friends. We are standing with people who are committed, who are committed to the eradication of this hatred in our midst. The answer to hate is to, for us to love each other, to us to respect each other. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do, and I think it starts at an early age. I, I was telling some educators recently, you know, the three R's, writing, rhythm, you know, uh, reading, arithmetic. Well, the third R, the fourth R is respect. We need to get respect in our curriculum. We need to see young people who are learning uh, what it is to respect the person who is different. We, we need that behavior to be reinforced at home because what good is it if they learn one thing in the morning and see a different kind of behavior in the home? It just destroys the whole process. Uh, so I think we are forming alliances uh, that we didn't see before. I'll give you one example, if I could. On June the 20th, we're going to have a conference in New York City on hatred. Now, we've had a number of conferences. What makes this different? We were contacted by the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, which is a very prosperous country. Uh, it's a country that has relations with a host of other countries, including Israel, and it said to us, we want to work with you. We want to, We will underwrite the program, bring in leaders from different areas of, uh, of the world. We will pay for it all. 
but we need to address this collectively. We need to collaborate. That's a step forward in the right direction. Look, I wish we didn't have to have conferences, but we do have to have conferences. So the fact that others are reaching out to us, the fact that others who, you know, we haven't had these strong relationships before. Uh, we have a meeting with the Archdiocese of New York this Wednesday morning talking about what can we do better? How can we be stronger? That's part of the answer. That's part of the answer. There's hatred coming from the right. There's hatred coming from the left. You know, there's a there's a humorous story, but it has a great lesson to it, of somebody who was asked by his Oh, you've been single for many years. What happened? He says, well, I came home with someone not long ago, and my mother didn't like her. He says, a few weeks ago, I came home with someone else. My mother didn't like her. He says, would you believe this? Just last week, I came home with someone who looks like my mother, talks like my mother, walks like my mother. He says, what happened there? He says, my father didn't like her. So, you know, you find uh, that no matter which way you turn, sometimes it's there's hatred uh, on both sides. So I know that it's very easy to point a finger at the right and say, well, it's all white supremacy. Yes, it is white supremacy. And I think we have to look at why is there an increase in that in that uh, direction. But there's also in the left side. You know, those on the right think Jews are too cosmopolitan, and those on the left say Jews are, are too capitalist. So you're not going to win it on, on either side. Uh, but we're not here to, uh, help, pe- to help people... Uh, appreciate us who hate us. That's not going to happen. We have to develop self-respect, and we have to surround ourselves with people who respect us. And what would you say is the first step that the average person, the ordinary person, can do something so they know that they're making a difference? Well, I think there are a few things. Firstly, I think in every community there are coalitions. Uh, And if there are not try to work with others to find a, a, a coalition of a committed, a coalition of common ground. Uh, there are synagogues and churches in many areas that, that need to partner together, that are partnered together. You need to be part of that. A voice is something that has great value, and people need to lend their voices to those who are speaking out. People need to lend their voices to those who are writing, for example, op-ed pieces. We met with the New York Times, and they said, we want more op-ed pieces. We want more people to write letters to the editor. Let's hear from the community. You know, hate mongers are very good at strengthening their voice. You can go to various websites, and the hate mongers are there. But we need others to have their voice to counter what they're saying. Because one thing that drives hate mongers crazy is the fact see us coming closer to one another. So those, co- the coalition of the committed uh, who care about the quality of life and want to diminish the hatred in our midst, everyone has an opportunity to be part of that coalition. And if it's not in existence, start one. Get groups to work together. We can't operate in our separate silos. We can't operate apart from one another. It, the, I always often say one of the most important words in the English language is and. It's a connector. Chaplain, Oscar, and I, and you, and all the others who care about what's happening need to stand together loudly, clearly, uh, and show people that we will not uh, be intimidated by those who seek to destroy us. 
As Dr. King said, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence right. of our friends. Only in the darkness can you see the stars. Look where we are in terms of civil rights. Now, you know, someone said we're not where we want to be, we're not where we're going to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. So we were able to make great advances in civil rights because we stood together, because King wasn't alone. He stood with Heschel. He stood with whites, blacks, and people of different faith traditions, all saying we will not accept the status quo. We're not going to be complacent in letting uh, African Americans be victimized again and again. We'll take that to today. It's You need that kind of very strong and very strong commitment from others saying we stand with you. We are where we are because of where uh, what we did uh, in the past and what we are going to do in the present. And by the way, Joyce, you're not, you, I know you for years, one of the things you're not is quiet. Um, you can't be quiet. Um, no, but it's a good thing. You know, there's a, there, there's a, there's a virtue there because you will not be silent. Uh, you've seen what happened right. over the years when people were silent. You won't let that happen. Chap Smith won't be silent. Uh, you know, it's years ago. That, you know, remember the golden calf incident in the Bible, where the Jews became yeah. impatient with Moses not returning. They built yeah. a golden calf. Well. The commentaries look at that story and say, wait a minute, looking at the numbers, the majority of people didn't build a calf. It was a very loud minority. So where was everybody else? You know what? They were just silent onlookers. And uh, you find that was the tragedy in Germany. Too many people looked on silently. That was a tragedy in the civil rights period when people were being harmed. There were silent onlookers. We can't afford to look from afar and remain silent. And I'm thankful that there are those who accept the responsibility of coming forward and saying, I'm going to raise my voice. Uh, I'm going to make you know, constructive noise in addressing the issue. That has to happen. Because the, the other side is, is not silent. So if we are and they're not silent, they're going to be the, the leading voice. We can't allow that to happen. Yes, and along those lines, Martin Niemöller put it very succinctly. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So... Look at what happened after Pittsburgh. Look at the outpouring after Pittsburgh where non-Jews, Christian and Muslim, were visiting synagogues the following Sabbath and say, we stand with you. We stand with Pittsburgh, and now we stand with you. Look at what happened uh, in Christchurch, New Zealand, when a mosque or two mosques were attacked. We form protective rings around mosques here in New York and various states in this country. Uh, Non-Muslims stood with Muslims and said, we're not going to allow you to be out there alone. Look what happened in Sri Lanka. People were attacked in a church. We came forward and uh, stood with churches. We visited 
you know, uh, Christians uh, who are from Sri Lanka here in New York and said, you're not alone. That's what has to happen. Uh, and we're seeing it happen. But unfortunately, the hate mongers are not going away so quickly. But we're not going away quickly either. And I think you're going to find ultimately goodness triumphs over evil when goodness is outspoken. Uh, so we'll continue to, to maintain that vigilance uh, and be as vocal as possible about who we are, what we stand for, and what we won't stand for, and what we won't accept. One of the things that makes zero, well, there's a lot of things that make zero sense to me, but given the history of Germany, their anti-Semitic attacks have served more than 60%. You would think that Germany would want to be exemplary given the history. That really surprised me that it's rising so sharply in Germany, given what's in the history books. Well, there's a rise in populism. Look at Hungary, look at Germany, look at Austria, look at France. You find there is this element uh, of populism that says if you're not native, if you're not part of our our ancestry, uh, you're an outsider. And I have to say this, and it's, it's painful to say, but it needs to be said, that there is Islamic extremism in our midst. And you're finding it comes from, you know, the, the populist movement, it comes from the Muslim extremist movement. Um, so uh, we need to be very clear as to who the enemy is. We can't just camouflage it or think it's going to go away. So it's, it's in Europe, it's in America, it's, it's everywhere. Look, for, for people to say that I'm afraid to wear a yarmulke, I'm afraid to be visibly identified as a Jew, and yes. I know people who are and I know people who are gay, and I know people who are African-American who say, you know what, I'm also a victim of prejudice. I'll never forget after 9-11, uh, we, we had a, a solidarity uh, demonstration at Yankee Stadium. And we're on a bus. Uh, the mayor had arranged for busloads of people. I'm on one of the buses. I'm sitting next to someone from the Sikh community. And he said to me, he says, I've been subjected to attacks. After 9-11, people accused me of being Muslim, and because I was accused of being Muslim, I was seen as somehow being part of that terrorist element, and I was physically attacked, and there were Muslims who were physically attacked, who had nothing to do with 9-11, because they were, you know, identified as Muslims. People said, oh, you're part of that conspiracy. Uh, there were those who blamed Israel. We've seen Israel be even blamed. Oh, Israel had a hand in this. You know, those who hate us will always find uh, some, you know, some excuse, some cover, for for their hatred, but uh, I, I do think we're in a better place today in terms of the cooperation levels than we've ever been in our history. Uh, I can pick up the phone and call people of different faith groups and know that they will support us uh, where we stand. We've had so many press conferences already in New York because there have been so many incidents of, of anti-Semitism uh, that I know very well when I go to a press conference, I'm not just going to be surrounded by Jews. There will be a lot of non-Jews, a lot of people who say, you know, uh, we will not close our eyes to the pain that you're experiencing, and vice versa. Uh, Christians and Muslims will be there for them, and that's that has to continue in a very forceful fashion, so that everybody knows. You know, my act is only going to inspire them to get closer to each other, and I don't want them to be closer. And also, the internet. You know, we have to examine the internet. There are too many hate uh, kinds of uh, outlets 
on 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 the internet today. You can go to various sites and you will see and read expressions of of vile, vicious hatred that need to be addressed. I mean, we you know, free speech is one thing, but that doesn't give you the right to you know. You don't have to. Uh, the internet platform doesn't have to. It's not government. Doesn't have to allow everybody to come on. You know, government can't restrict free speech or have limitations on it, but the Internet certainly can. Facebook doesn't have to allow hate mongers on. They don't, um, and they need to be more aggressive. And some of the other sites need to be very clear. There are boundaries, moral boundaries that can't be transgressed. You can't cross them, and we're going to make sure you don't cross them. So if we all work together, I think the, uh, you know, the willing... Uh, people yeah, those who, of you on social media, you need to contact uh, the social media uh, people in charge there and make your voice heard. You don't want this on there. Uh, I, I really appreciate what Nelson Mandela said about Israel, because it always all roads lead to Rome, all roads lead to Israel. This is how I feel about Israel. Again and again, we have to fight anti-Semitism. Again and again, we have to fight hard for its survival. Again and again, we have to fight against all odds, surrounded on all sides by its enemies. Again and again, they are dragged into wars they do not want. While the world blames them for those wars, it is a never-ending battle just for the right to exist. So all the sides fought against Israel is very painful also. Yeah, what's the alternative to not fighting? We're just going to surrender. So there's no, we, we don't have any viable option here. We're in, we're in a battle. Uh, it's a battle that we can't afford to lose. It's a battle that is going to take uh, a long time, and we're in it for the long haul. We're not going to just you know, uh, imagine that it doesn't exist. That gets us nowhere. So, uh, again, let's, let's have you know, good people out there who care uh, Stand with one another. That's the only. That's the only answer. Otherwise, we're doomed. And I do think there are people who care. I do think people who look at this and say, "This is not who we want to be. This is. This is not what we want to accept." Um, and again, I, I see these young kids walking down the block here. You know, they're holding onto a rope. All these different kids holding onto a rope so they walk together. Uh, at that age, uh, they don't know. They don't know hatred, and they don't know. You know, uh, difference. They don't see color in the way that we do. They just see people who look different. They accept that's the way it is, and they can, you know, walk arm in arm and all together as one group. Well, somehow we uh, we spoil them along the way. Uh, they they learn hatred. Uh, so if you want to if you want to teach respect to people, you got to be respectful. If you want to teach love, you got to be loving. Uh, it can't just be in a book. It's got to be in real life have a responsibility to be exemplars of decency. We can't allow uh, you know, the hate mongers to be the role models uh, for the young people, for anyone. Well, these surges were in 17 and 18, doubling, tripling. It's like the slogan is, make America hate again, is what it seems mm-hmm. to be, because that's where it all was. So we have to look at what were the factors that put that in, in place, like you asked me. <laughs> what put that in place in, 19, uh, in 2017 and, and in 18? 
also make America hate again is what it feels like. And you had mentioned earlier, it's not just the Jews, where there's hatred with the gays, with transsexuals, black people, the bias that's running rampant now. What group is safe? What group is safe anywhere? Well, that's that's what we learned, that uh, it's you today, me tomorrow. Uh, so I better stand with you to to prevent it from happening to me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in Crown Heights sometimes, and there they had that vicious attack in 1991, uh, where a young uh, Hasidic rabbinical student lost his life. Well, Crown Heights today has some problems, and you have people on both sides of Eastern Parkway, the Caribbean community, the Jewish community, talking, cooperating with each other, and saying. You know, uh, we don't want another 1991. We don't want anybody attacked on either side of the street. Uh, and that's that's what needs to happen. That's what is happening. I, I wish newspapers would devote some of their uh, precious space to talking about the, the building that goes on, the, the you know, the bridge building that goes on uh, amongst various communities. Uh, they only talk, you know, when someone commits a hate attack, it's on the front page. If there's some story of cooperation, it, it's not even in the paper or it goes to the, you know, the, the ignored part of the paper. So uh, I think media has a responsibility to portray an America uh, with great potential and not always uh, where we're at each other's throats, even though, shamefully, that does happen all too often. I think everyone has a responsibility. JFK right. said, if not us, who? If not now, when? That's what we have to look at. If not us, who? It can't always yeah, be about right. I, I look at the profound difference. This little frail woman, Rosa Parks, made just by not giving up her seat to a white man on a bus in the days. Look at the difference she made amongst the whole civil rights movement. So think of Rosa Parks as an example of an ordinary person doing the extraordinary. Now look, I, I was reading a story of a, a father who walked into his son's room to borrow the globe and, uh, as he was tiptoeing out not to disturb his son who was sleeping. His son happened to be, you know, all of a sudden awakened. And he looked at him and says, my world. I think all of us have to look at young people and say, you know, we want to bring the world to a better place. And we're not going to just say it's your responsibility. It's our responsibility. I spoke at a commencement service the other day here in New York. And to see these young people who are so imbued with ideals, who are saying, you know, we've gone through school. Uh, we, we, we sat in classrooms with people who are different from one another. And uh, here we are celebrating together our difference, our diversity, and our dedication to making this a better place. Those are the stories that need to be told. Um, there's a Muslim uh, proverb, God created one blood of the human family. Well, there are different types of blood, but overall, we all need blood. We all have blood, and, and we all need to be there in terms of infusing one another with that blood of decency, the blood of dedication. Uh, this is what has to happen, and I, I'm just hopeful. Uh, I, I'm positive. I, I, I don't, you know, as, as difficult as it is sometimes, because when I go to a lot of these gatherings, I look around, I say, wait, I'm not alone. This is not, you know, where uh, we're going to be abandoned. On the contrary, we're going to be strengthened uh, by those who care about us. We, we have, when you, when you see a chaplain, Oscar Smith, 
when you see a Joyce Barry, when you see people who just refuse to uh, countenance, you know, the uh, the status quo, who will not be indifferent, uh, then then I think we have a great shot at making this a world. So don't succumb to passive resignation. Don't withdraw. Uh, you continue to go strong and be stronger. Um, you know, we, we pray for strength in our tradition, both physical and spiritual. Uh, when we get older, we lose some of the physical, but hopefully that spiritual remains a constant. So uh, each one of us has a soul, and the soul says to us, don't be silent, because silence is a form of acquiescence. When you are silent, you are saying you agree with what's going on because you're not voicing your protest. Um, I think I told you once, Joyce, that in the Midwest, there is a place where there's no electricity in the town hall, and the only way it gets illuminated is by people bringing their lanterns. So if there's some area uh, of the town hall that's dark, it's because someone's there with a lantern. We need a town hall that's illuminated everywhere. Each one of us comes with our, our lantern that's filled with hope, that's filled with honor, uh, that's filled with a commitment uh, to bring light and love uh, into a world that desperately needs us. When that happens, I think we'll find ourselves in a much better place. Well, what's so scary, like we pointed out earlier, it's not just the Jews. Uh, black people are certainly under attack and the gays and the different groups. So where is one safe today? The schools are not safe. The malls are not safe. The churches and synagogues. What is safe? Where can you go and, and know that you're at peace? Even while the yeah. Christians were praying, Someone sat with them for 10 minutes, prayed with them, and then shot them all. So this is the craziness we're dealing with today. Yeah, sacred space is not always safe space. We, we never thought that we'd have to worry about, you know, uh, being in a sanctuary and being having our physical welfare threatened. Who would have thought it? Uh, but I say that safety is found in securing our relationships. We feel much safer when we know there are people who care about us. That's where it's at. Uh, you know, we're working with police. Police have all kinds of um, suggestions, constructive suggestions to making place, places safer, but it's going to take the human element. It's going to take uh, arm in arm, standing together, saying, not in our house, not in our sanctuary. Because, um, you know, when the killer goes in, he doesn't look up and say, wait a minute, is this a Protestant? Is this a Catholic? He just sees people who are vulnerable to attack. Uh, but I think if we know that we've had a, a safe mechanism in place where, you know, there are all kinds of barriers you have to go through, unfortunately, to get there, but they protect people. And we also have to know that there are people who are watching out for us, who are standing with us. Uh, I think we feel much safer. Uh, so when I protest at the UN, uh, I protest with people who stand with me and I feel a lot better about the protest when I know I'm not alone. And I think that's that's what we have to convey. We're not alone. Uh, you don't fight alone in this battle. You can't win it alone. Uh, what does the doctor used to say? I, I gotta be me. We say I gotta be we. It's all about what we do uh, as different faiths but as one family. That's where the solution is to, to addressing the issue. That's where we will be and continue to be as long as it takes to fight this problem. Rabbi, what message do you want to leave with our audience today? You know, I, I was reading recently about the, the Greek Olympics, and in the Greek Olympics, the winner of the race 
was not the one who finished first, but the one who finished first with the torch burning. I think we need to continue to run this race uh, with, a, with a torch burning, ideals burning brightly. Uh, but I think ultimately, as long as we have our ideals uh, with us, we will win. We will win the race. We will be victorious over this vicious hatred. Uh, the good will defeat uh, the ugly and the evil. But it takes a strong willingness of the good to stand together. I look forward uh, to being with you and uh, Chaplain Smith and all the others who say, not on our watch, not, you know, as long as we're, uh, we're here. You're not going to be here if we're going to be here. So we're in it, and I think we'll win it. And I thank you so much and for allowing me And last thing, Rabbi, what special prayer would you like to leave us with? I love when well, you speak from the heart. Look, I, I think all of us, we pray for peace. But I think the difference is we must pray for peace for all people who want to live in peace. We don't. There's, there's a Jewish prayer for peace, but interestingly, the Jewish prayer is for non-Jews as well. So may all of us see the goodness in one another and realize that when peace comes, it will come for all of us who care about one another. Um, and, I, and I think when that moment comes, we'll know we're in a much better place. You know, there's an old tradition when you buy a house, you leave one corner unfinished. Uh, well, we have some finishing to do. We can do that when we pray for one another and pursue peace with one another. So that's where I want to go, and I look forward to being with you when we reach that uh, exalted place. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Joe Potasnik. We really Thank appreciate you. and respect you, and we want you on a show as often as you can find the time to be on our show. All right. Thanks so much again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. And, folks, in a moment, I'm going to bring to you Chaplain Oscar Smith. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to share with you from our health guru why this show is good for your health and why you should be listening every day, not just when we have these extraordinary men of faith, but we have extraordinary authors, business leaders. Here's why it is good for you. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know, and let's make Joyce, Barry, and friends 
the number one internet radio show. And folks, we do ask you to partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry and Flames.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and Flames.com, and right under my picture on the upper left, it says follow. And simply by clicking on that, you can join the thousands of our followers who will be apprised by email our shows, our guests, our topics. You need not miss any show, because when you cannot be with us at 11 a.m. Eastern, know that you can be into our archive. 24-7, any day, any time, you can download the shows, you can send out the links, you can share them. So by all means, go to JoyceBarryAndFriends.com and click on follow. And if you want to send me an email to tell me about any show or any message for any guest, Coach Joyce at AOL, and in the subject line, uh, you could put anti-Semitism so I know the show that had you write to us. Put that in the subject line, and I do read the emails. Love to hear suggestions uh, about guests, about shows, etc. Okay, without further ado, I bring to you one of my all-time favorite guests, Chap Oscar Smith, a man that is deeply involved in spiritual growth of others for over 30 years. He is a writer, speaker, visionary leader. He is the pastor of Gratitude Life, a church without walls, meaning all faiths are always welcome. And Chap Oscar, you are always welcome on our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Joyce. Uh, you know, I want to give kudos to my dear friend, Rabbi Joseph. I mean, that's incredible. His his insights, his stature in the community, and, uh, you know, the global life. Uh, I, I have a, a derivative of Gratitude Life Church, and that's the Global Strike Prayer Force. And, you know, Rabbi Joseph mentioned us combining our voices, creating a united voice, and uh, we all have to come together and start uh, speaking from strength, courage, and wisdom from the various faith traditions to advance the common good of mankind. And I believe this morning uh, in the studio uh, I believe Pastor, uh, uh, you know, Pastor Oscar Smith, uh, Rabbi Joseph, Joyce Barry, all of us making a contribution. We can move people, this government, and start advocating and raising the dignity of all people. We've got to lift up all of our voices, Joyce. Besides lifting up our voices, since you're such a man of faith, I believe you would include lifting up our voices to other people, but what about lifting up our voices to God and praying for a better tomorrow, for a better world for everyone? Well, that's very important that you said that, Joyce, and I wanted to just kind of uh, piggyback on what Rabbi Joseph was uh, sharing with us, we're coming to a day, and you see that in the name, Gratitude Life Church, 
the day of church as usual, sitting in a pew with nothing to do, them days are coming to an end. What we're doing now, Joyce, we are part of a prophetic community of churches worldwide that's emerging now, filling the void. A religious church as we know it, uh, there's a desperate cry now for the end of church as usual. So, um, in a very real sense, you have a lot of coalitions, as the rabbi was saying, yes. people getting together yes. and voices cumulatively making a difference. Definitely, Joyce, because, you know, there is there is a grieving heart and spirit when we witness synagogues and uh, sanctuaries and places of worship being bombed and, you know, shootings and uh, there's just so much anti-Semitism going on. We are uniquely awakened as a spiritual community. And so we can't be complacent at this hour. We can't say, well, let the pastor do it. Let, let you know, others in the church do it. We have got to uh, start pleading with the ones sitting in the pews to get off there, do nothing, and do something. Yeah, uh, like JFK said, if not us, who? If not now, when? Voltaire said every man is guilty of all the good he did not do. I added, and woman, every man and woman is guilty of all the good he or she did not do. And Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men, and I added, and women, to do nothing. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. That's the point I really want to drive home today. If you can do only a little, just think of Rosa Parks. Yeah, you know, that's that's the type of creation, um, dissatisfaction creates a need to be a Rosa Parks. I mean, that dissatisfaction created that impetus to birth a Rosa Parks, the civil rights movement. But we have to understand right now around the world, people are pleading to find uh, churches where they live that's going to be vibrant. That's not going to be church as usual. And that's why Gratitude Life Church, we call it a church without walls, and we are distinctly prophetic in what we do. And so we resonate 100% with uh, Rabbi Joseph and the truth that you were expounding, Joyce. So, Chap Oscar. Um, you're also an optimist, so you have faith that things will get better. It scares me as a prospect that things could still get worse. Well, I have all faith in an almighty God that we're going to see a roar, R-O-A-R, a roar of supernatural intercession united intercession. We're not just the Jewish remnant 
or the church remnant. You're going to find the unchurched. You're going to find believers uh, coming together worldwide. And, you know, Rabbi mentioned several times uh, the Muslim community, uh, uh, all, all the Sikhs, all various factions of humanity has got to come together and make a prayer fuel to uh, to squash and wipe out this whole thing of anti-Semitism, racism, all these isms, isms got to be challenged. They've got to be brought up in prayer. And we know this is not a laughable situation when you can sit in a church and you don't know from one minute to the next whether you're going to be safe. Yes, how scary is that? How scary is it when you go to a mall, shopping center, a nightclub? Look at all these places that were attacked. I can hardly think of any venue that was safe or is safe. But what I want to drive home today is you can make a difference, one person and one positive action at a time. And I firmly believe that every step, every person If you speak up, speak out, let your voice be heard, call your congressman uh, and speak to them about more laws on gun control. There's just so many areas where this violence has the support because people in higher places have done nothing but offer their prayers and condolences. But to take action, to change the law, to take steps in the right direction. We have not seen that in this administration. We have not seen it for many, many years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've not seen it. You mentioned Rosa Parks and, you know, Rabbi Joseph mentioned, he's so colorful as a speaker, so many instances. I, you know, I, I want us to remember, and you probably remember this name, Joyce, Fannie Lou Hammer. Uh, she was the daughter of a Mississippi sharecropper, and uh, she was a community organizer and civil rights uh, leader with women's rights. Uh, and she uh, made this proclamation that the changes that we have to have in this country are going to be for the liberation of all people. Because nobody's free until everybody's free. And that came from uh, Fannie Lou Hamer. And I don't want to forget her name. That's why I wanted to throw her into the mix. And what was she most known for? How would people recognize the name? Well, they would recognize her name because she was a outspoken advocate with civil rights voting rights and women's rights. She was an activist um, and she made sure everyone was uh, literacy tested, censored, uh, censored, not censored, but she centered her advocacy on uh, the struggle for justice and equality in the 1960s. And that's her last name is Hammer, H-A-M-E-R, Hamer. Fannie Lou Hamer, and uh, she's a well-known voice in uh, civil rights as well as women's rights. Yes, I, but that I was had a powerful had statement that she made. Yeah, but that was a powerful. She said, "Nobody's free 
until everybody's free. And that's really what we're talking about today. Uh, we and can't it's just like have silence. Martin Luther King came from as well. Martin Luther King's right. message was that message. Uh, I want to share with you folks at this time the serenity prayer, Reinhold Niebuhr, uh, who lived between 1892 and 1971, because I find this prayer really helps me through so much, so many times, so many ways. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably healthy, happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Isn't that powerful, Chap Oscar? Yeah, that's definitely powerful. And that that's what we're talking about today. Today's issue, you know, dealing with anti-Semitism and how can where my contribution comes in. That's why I was so glad to kind of share the platform with Rabbi Joseph because, you know, the interface uh, community, we have a tradition of, of, of making an impact with all different types of religions. And that's why I was saying earlier that today and tomorrow's church will be more prophetic in terms of particularly the young people, the millennials coming up. They're not going to just sit and and sing kumbaya. They want, they see injustice. They will get out and campaign. And uh, I believe that's where the silent revolution is growing right now with the millennials. And they're not going to, they're not going to sit by and watch these things go on on their watch. Well, hopefully that's true. And with the advent of social media, um, you can get a message out in no time at all, where before you your hands were kind of tied, one person, one phone call at a time. But today you can reach thousands at the same time via tweet, uh, Twitter, via your Facebook account. Uh, so, folks, when will you figure out the step you can take, the difference you can make? Hopefully it's not someday, because for those of you that listen to my shows, knows that there is no someday. Someday, an original poem by yours truly, Joyce Barry. I went to my calendar and took a look. I discovered that someday was not in the book. I looked carefully, for someday I did seek, but only Monday through Sunday appeared on each week. I got really confused. This was not funny. I always said someday I'd make very good money. I always said someday I'd get everything done. I always said someday I'd be number one. I always said someday this and someday that. Someday is starting to sound like very old hat. 
I became very sure that something was wrong. No, someday on my calendar all along, I thought everything I wanted would come to be. It would happen someday. I kept telling me it was someday. I kept telling you that all our dreams were sure to come true. How shocking to discover that all along, Someday was not in the calendar. How could I be so wrong? How could I not know that why I was stuck was that someday would never, ever show up? There wasn't a calendar anywhere, none to be found, that had someday in it. It would never come around. I always knew that if something is going to be, I am totally responsible. It's all up to me. I thought of my goals and made a new list. How exciting to realize that someday did not exist. Now I really know without any doubt that Monday through Sunday is in and someday is out. So I ask you women, I ask you men, I ask myself, if not right now, when? Kudos to our mutual friend Ted Siuba for putting that to music. So, Chaplin, as a uh, as a man of faith, how do you get drive home the point that someday does not exist? What all you have is right here, right now, to make a difference. Well, we have to dynamically, as spiritual leaders, position ourselves. Uh, to move from season to season. And the season of warming church pews and the season of uh, being talked at, we now have a population of people who are more appropriately known as believers. What we did for many centuries, uh, years, we went out and tried to win the loss uh, to Christ, to to church, but right now there are a lot of people unchurched that are still saved, and those are the people who are looking for, for prophetic assignments like uh, bringing people together, bringing the voices together globally to impact uh, these uh, issues that we have, like anti-Semitism and racism, and uh, you know, uh, prejudice against different groups. So, what we have to do now is make a decree, and we have the social media platform to start making decrees and engaging in a much higher level of spiritual warfare. We cannot be complacent at this hour. I mean, just a few days ago, a person walks into a government-secured building in Virginia Beach and guns down 12-plus people, and I don't know how many were injured. And so we have yeah. to take – yeah, well, we have to take this issue now i don't think we're going to solve it arguing with each other and talking and yelling at each other we've got to take this into a spiritual a high level spiritual warfare and prayer movements and we got to start challenging 
these uh, pulpiteers to start uh, activating uh, prayer movements and cooperating circles around the globe, God is the only one that could come in at this hour and intervene and with his intervention through intercession can make an impact and correct and right the wrongs that we're dealing with. Otherwise, we're just going to constantly live in a state of fear. And folks, again, it's, it, you yes, God is at the helm of the whole thing for sure. But I, I also ask you to think about what you can do to take that one positive action and do something to impact a person uh, one at a time. What can you do? And if you agree that you have to get on board and do your part because things are so bad that you want to somehow find some way, any way, to impact this world in a better way, then the question is, if not now, when? Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide internet radio show. This poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? Kat Bosker, from the bottom of my heart, and on behalf of all my worldwide listening audience, thank you, thank you, thank you for making the time to join us today. We're always grateful for your wisdom, your wise words. So what message do you want to leave with us today? Well, you know, the the Christians, the believers, the uh, the remnant that are known as uh, faith, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, we have what we call the Lord's Prayer. And the context of the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that that I want to pray, the context of it. And we use that prayer as a model 
but it's uh, it's a very definitive set of words that we should recite. And it says, our Father. And so until we come to such a time where we can see the benefit of praying together and having unity of heart and actually uh, putting our issues aside and bringing to the table a spirit of peace where the Jewish uh, remnant and all the other religions uh, can come together under unity of heart. And so I just want to just thank God that we had an opportunity with Rabbi Joseph, with Jude Joyce and the worldwide listening audience that we can bring these issues to Father God and pray for a remedy that we do not have to continue uh, living in fear and breaking news and, and, and that a season of peace would be ushered to the scene. And God can do it. We serve a mighty good God who is able, ready, and willing to make this happen. And I say this prayer in the name that I pray, and that's in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say amen. Amen. Did you want to add anything personal in your prayer? Because she touched so many hearts. So do you want to add anything else to that from your heart? Well, I, you know, I want to share, Joyce, one thing from my heart. And we pray this in the Lord's Prayer, that thy kingdom come. And thy kingdom is a kingdom. It's a real kingdom that we have to pray. And so my personal prayer is thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for the difference you always make of on the show and in my personal life as well. And, folks, here is my personal prayer. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. That's my prayer, folks. And I want to leave you with uh, words of joy, words of happiness. Go do a random act of kindness. Make someone happy today. We try to make you happy today and every day, uh, and we want you to pay it forward, pay it backwards. Random acts of kindness, as I said, wonderful way to get really good karma. And folks, do laugh along with us, sing along with us, and dance along with us. And you can do that right here, right now, to Joyce Barry Mass. Thank you. God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. 
From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the white Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show. And her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again. As Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. (laughs) Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends.